This is an excursus on the Knights Templar. There are probably going to be quite a few of these because the Order of the Knights Templar actually has quite a bit to do with the necessity of Corbenic and its approach towards cultivating a biblical worldview of the cosmic war towards how we serve our neighbor, how we support our families, our churches, our communities. And I'm going to call this particular entry the Templar Paradigm. And this goes back to the early 12th century when secular knighthood was getting out of hand. It was mostly self-serving within the nobility class. I won't I won't say there were more bad apples than good apples, but it was increasingly becoming a problem in medieval society. And so a lot of rivalries turned into the petty wars between fiefdoms and princes and kings. And then along comes the notion of the Crusades, which is another excursus. But be that as it may, you have the First Crusade. And after the Christian armies take control of Jerusalem at the end of the First Crusade, there is increased traffic from the west to the east to help bolster the presence because they're not under any kind of delusion that Islam is going to simply let that go. And part of this is Christians doing acts of penance via pilgrimages to the Holy Land. And this, of course, is going to be big business. And with these pilgrimages would often go valuables sent by nobles and princes and kings because maybe they can't get to the Holy Land, but someone in their stead is going on their behalf. And so these pilgrimage trains, if you will, become very ripe for rogues and thieves and even open attacks by Muslim, um, not whole armies, but units. And the, the brigands, they could be Muslim, they could be Christian, unfortunately. 
they don't have to be of a religious persuasion, but they were certainly a problem. And so there's a knight and his and his fellow brother go to the Holy Land and they witness this vulnerability, this um, danger, and they have this idea that perhaps knights could volunteer to protect pilgrims, to protect these um, pilgrimage trains from attack and, and other dangers. And they want to form an order of poor brothers And in order to form this order, they will need to have the church's endorsement because they, they want, in order for this to work, they kind of need the, the resources of the church behind it for uh, food, for uh, armoring, weapons, spiritual care, um, training, these kinds of things. And this is proposed by these two knights to really a heavyweight of the medieval theological world. Um, Bernard of Clairvaux. And he's the kind of, of heavyweight that if he lends his name to something, it's going to be accomplished and it's going to get noticed. It's going to get the support that, that the group needs. Because, of course, the church, um, the institution can certainly support. But for this, this order to survive and thrive, it will need support from across all layers of Christendom. And... As the story goes, I think Bernard is not impressed at first, but then he kind of thinks about it, takes counsel with other brothers, and he comes around, I think rather quickly, though, to, to this idea. Uh, because he sees what's going on in, um, in Europe with the various rivalries, and it's, not, it's causing division. And here you've got Islam marching on, the Holy Land, marching on, or at least they want to march on Byzantium. Um, they've already tried marching on the continent of Europe, uh, which was turned back by Charles Martel in the 8th century, just before uh, Paris. So Islam is going to be a long-term threat. And then there's these other little threats, and then there's, you know, you're going to need a united Christendom. So Bernard decides to endorse what he calls the new knighthood. And from the new knighthood, he writes a nice little treatise. Um, and from this new knighthood is going to give birth to the Knights Templar. So this was kind of their drafting document.
their founding document, if you will, which gives them the legitimacy they need to exist. And in this document, Bernard makes note of two things, and that he basically wants to take the best of the secular knightly class, their ethic of chivalry, serving their neighbor, defending the weak, women, children, the old, but also small kingdoms. So that this idea of the knighthood, is, it's supposed to, that's what it's founded on. It's, it's really, that's what, why chivalry becomes a thing and gets developed throughout the Middle Ages. So Bernard wants to take chivalry from the secular knighthood and he also and he wants to fuse it with the monastic life so prayer receiving the body and blood of Christ in the mass giving oneself over entirely to godly matters. And Bernard envisions a knighthood that has a foot in each of these two realms. Lutherans would call this um, the left and the right hand kingdoms. That's that's a, a tradition of teaching um, in 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 contemporary Lutheran thought, especially. Uh, so, but he has this idea of, of this knighthood, straddling these two aspects of society, the secular and the spiritual. And from it will come the perfect knighthood. So this new knighthood isn't just new. For him, it is the perfect fusing of the best of both worlds. So that you have a knighthood, an order, which will not only defend the weak to the highest chivalric ideal and all the virtues connected with that, which we'll talk about actually in another excursus. Um, when we talk about C.S. Lewis's The Necessity of Chivalry today, and he kind of unpacks what chivalry is. Um, so he, and then, you know, and in, in Bernard's view, since these knights are going to serve their fellow man, they also need to have the right posture. They need to be ready to die. And not merely to die for a cause or for their neighbor, but to die well. That is, to die in the Christian faith and to make a witness to what that Christian faith is, its robustness in Jesus so that 
anyone who meets them in battle and manages to kill them will understand what it is to be a Christian to the fullest extent. That was the Templar paradigm. And it's my belief that Christendom today needs a return of a brotherhood using that paradigm. Does it have to be something organized? Not necessarily. It's more of a mindset. And that is also what the necessity of Corbenic is about, is developing that Templar paradigm mindset. St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 that we are in a cosmic war and we're not really wrestling against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of darkness in the heavenly places. These forces are working through our institutions, our, our mechanisms of government and authority, not everywhere, but different levels, different layers. Um, and I think we need to raise up especially Christian men to have this mindset of being able to occupy and be well-trained in both secular protection. This can be done in a lot of different ways. Um, the military thing is kind of already covered, so I, I'm, I'm more thinking in terms of the Second Amendment in the United States. Uh, but there are, you know, countries in the West. I've I've heard that in Switzerland, uh, it's required to own a weapon. I don't know if that's true. I haven't researched it, but it's interesting. Uh, but you know, it, it's more in that in that vein, so that we are having in in uh, in in a lot of places in the United States. This is already true. This is already a reality in many households that um, one or both parents are trained in using a weapon to protect their children, themselves, their neighbors from lawlessness. And that's that's specifically what I'm thinking of. Um, and thanks be to God that we have our military that is able to carry out the other aspects of protecting the country and, and you know, the National Guard protecting the states and, and these things. God has given us those blessings. So... Uh, that didn't really exist in the medieval world. Uh, but this is certainly more, you know, in, in that Second Amendment direction. But also, we protect our communities by being involved in local elections, being involved in having a care in who occupies Board of Education committees and um, committees in charge of zoning and um, other municipality matters, uh, you know, electing police chiefs and, and things like that, and local judges, and, and you know, we, it seems like these are such minuscule matters because election cycles come around and, and we hear about uh, federal elections time and again ad nauseum and I think we forget about 
our state elections, but also our local municipal elections. And that is another form of protecting our communities and our churches and our, and our homes. So we, we need, you know, men to stand up and, um, be leaders in those areas or teachers in those areas or at least doers in those areas so others can, can see this and, um, follow suit. But at the same time, we need more Christian men to be engaged with the Word of God, to be trained in prayer, psalmic prayer. And if you want a good place to go for that, sonsofsolomon.net is the best place that I can think of, um, at least in the Lutheran tradition. But Sons of Solomon are actually uh, not about Lutheran or Baptist or Roman Catholic or Eastern Orthodox or any of the other myriad of denominations. It's actually just Christian men praying the Psalms. And that's a great place to start. Psalmic prayer and regular attendance at the divine service, receiving the body and blood of Christ, regular engagement with the word, which Martin Luther tells us in the longer preface of the large catechism will bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, illuminating that word ever deeper, bringing us ever more profound insight into the mind of God, the work of Christ, and his Holy Spirit, which also comes from the Father. Um, that you know, it, John 14 and 15 and 16 really bring out, um, really, really bring out the intimacy of that Trinity and how it works. Uh, and that's another important aspect of the necessity of Corbenic is to not only give us a framework for cultivating, developing, watering a good mindset for civic purposes, but a good mindset for spiritual and church purposes so that we can have men that are well-trained to be leaders in their home, leaders in their church. And then naturally, leaders in their community, which will flow from that.